Hey podcast listeners, Andy Clark here. Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsors. Oh, hang on, wait a minute. There aren't any sponsors. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I've joined a new US platform. It's called Patreon, and it's used by independent producers like me to try and generate some income. I love making here in Holland, um, but as you'll appreciate, it does take time and effort, and I'd like to be able to expand and do more. Uh, but I do need to try and generate some kind of income from the podcast if possible. So I'm offering you, dear listeners, the chance to become my benefactors, my patrons. You can become a Here in Holland patron. And you can do that from as little as a euro per month. Actually, it's a US platform, so everything's in dollars, but you get the drift. And if you could stretch to 250 a month, then I'll chuck in some extras as well for that too. And there are more options as well. There's a link in the show notes and on my website here in holland.com. So if you can spare a bit of cash and you're enjoying the show, then why not become a patron? The first person to sign up as a patron will get a shout out and I'll keep doing that for every 10th person who signs up. Let's see how quickly we can get to the first 100. It would be awesome. All right, that's the end of the message from the sponsor. Hey, and that could be you. And now on with the show. Moving to a new country comes with a bit of disorientation. New language, new ways of doing stuff, it can all seem a bit confusing to say the least. And this is certainly true of the Netherlands. Early experiences challenge preconceptions and can be a little disconcerting. For Brit Ben Coates, a particular day early on in his life with the Dutch threw up one after another of these weird episodes. First, as he was crossing the road in Rotterdam. And then suddenly this police van appeared and came screeching to a halt and the policeman jumped out and started shouting at me in Dutch and realised I didn't understand and switched to English and there was this whole sort of comedic moment of us not understanding each other. Turns out Ben was simply crossing the road in the wrong place and the policeman, for some reason, decided to make a big deal of it. Hardly a major incident, but typical of an awkward exchange which ends up playing on your mind. And the same day, just as Ben was about to go into his house... I got home and my next-door neighbour was standing on her doorstep waiting to um, tell me off that I had been putting the bin in the wrong place and that I hadn't sorted the rubbish properly in the street. And even inside the house, it didn't stop. Then there was a note from another neighbour saying uh, that I hadn't done a good job of cleaning the windows and perhaps would I like to try this firm to keep my windows clean and my house better in future. It's safe to say that Ben's early experiences were not exactly what he'd expected. Just why are the Dutch so different, he began to think. And it was a thought that was to send him on a journey of discovery. And in the end, it resulted in a book. Yes, podcast listeners, in this episode, I'm joined by British author Ben Coates. And he describes what he found when he went toe-to-toe with the Dutch. Well, my name's Ben Coates. I'm the author of a book called Why the Dutch are Different, A Journey into the Hidden Heart of the Netherlands. Uh, as you may be able to hear, I'm British by birth, I, but I moved to live in the Netherlands about seven or eight years ago. Um, actually ended up here without much planning or foresight, you could say. I was uh, on holiday in the Caribbean and I met a young Dutch woman and we had a nice chat and I managed to get her email address, but nothing much more happened than that. And then about six months later, I was on a plane that was diverted to Amsterdam during bad weather 
and I found myself trapped in Amsterdam with a, a foot of snow on the ground and nowhere to go and all the hotels full. So I sent this lady an email and said, hi, do you remember me from months ago? Perhaps you'd like to have coffee or a dinner or something. And I ended up never getting the next flight. And seven or eight years later, I'm still here. And we're now happily married together and living in the Netherlands. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's quite some story. And now you've written a book, Why the Dutch Are Different, A Journey into the Hidden Heart of the Netherlands. Can you give me the, the kind of snapshot summary? And then we'll obviously we'll talk about more about what's in the book uh, further up in the podcast. But give me the kind of 30 second summary of the book. Sure. Well, like a lot of people, I think before I moved to the Netherlands, I knew a little bit about the country, but ma- mainly just the sort of cliched stuff. So the the clogs and the ice skating and the bicycles and the tulips and the windmills, but not much more than that. And I quite quickly realised that when it came to quite important things about the, the culture or the history or the politics of the Netherlands, I was a little bit clueless, probably, to be honest, like quite a lot of people who live outside the country or who only visit briefly. And when I tried to start to learn more... I found that a lot of the books that are already out there are either incredibly thick historical books where you can read two and a half thousand pages about what type of paint Rembrandt used. Yeah, it's um, a, a bit too much. Yes, or there there are some that are a bit more lighthearted, but then they're perhaps almost too lighthearted for my taste and a little bit, you know, aren't the Dutchies hilarious with their cloggies, but you don't actually learn that much about the country. So... I decided to try and fill that gap a little bit, spent a year or so travelling around the Netherlands, talking to people, visiting all sorts of places, doing some fairly sort of serious investigative reporting, but also a lot of fun stuff, going to carnivals and having a bit too much to drink and that sort of thing, Um, and then wrote it all up as this book. So tell me something about the Netherlands that kind of uh, knocked you for six when you first arrived, something that really threw you was a bit of a rude awakening. Well, I think the obvious sort of rude awakening, which a lot of people probably have, is that Dutch people can be, dare I say it, a bit rude. And the famous Dutch directness. No, surely um, not. <laughs> yes, believe it or not. And I remember one day not long after I arrived, I went to have a haircut in the morning and then I went to the office to do some work. And I walked in the door and one of my colleagues, a, a nice young lady who's a good friend of mine, the first thing she said when I walked in was, oh, you've been to the hairdresser. It looked better before you went. I don't like it very much. Or something like that. And I <laughs> and I was rather taken aback and I thought, you know, what have I done to offend this woman? Why is she being so horrible to me? But then I quickly realised she didn't really mean it that way. It's just the, the famous Dutch directness. And I think that's something probably that strikes a lot of visitors or people that know Dutch people is there yeah. is just this culture of straight talking, telling it like it is. And to a Brit in particular, I think that can seem a bit, shall we say, undiplomatic sometimes. What sort of preconceptions did you have before you came here and how were they uh, burst as well? Well, I think like a lot of people, probably one of the main preconceptions I had was that the Netherlands was this incredibly tolerant, liberal, environmentally friendly sort of place where everyone cycles everywhere and does all their recycling and votes for green parties and that kind of thing. And I quickly realised that I think like a lot of cliches, that certainly has a bit of truth to it. And a lot of the Dutch are quite liberal and tolerant and laid back. But inevitably, it's also a bit more complicated than that. And it is, in lots of ways, quite a conservative country. And you certainly have plenty of right-wing politicians and some fairly intense debates about immigration and those kind of things. The environmental record is impressive in some ways, if you look at the recycling bins outside your house, for example. But in other ways, you go to the 
big ports and harbours in Rotterdam where there's all these huge smoking chimneys and oil refineries and oil tankers coming and going and you see that the Netherlands environmental record isn't actually as great as it sometimes seems. And so I think that whole cliche around liberalism and tolerance and being generally a bit left-wing is in some ways true but also in lots of ways very exaggerated. Okay, can you give me an example then, of something that kind of directly challenged that for you that kind of, you know, made you think okay, this anything goes Dutch society which I may have had these ideas about isn't really the case in reality. Give me can 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 you give me an example of something that kind of, uh, yeah, changed your mind on that? Well, there's one funny, very small, minor example that I think it's in the book somewhere. Where not long after I arrived, I was walking through Rotterdam from my house and I went across the road and then suddenly this police van appeared and came screeching to a halt and the policeman jumped out and started shouting at me in Dutch and realised I didn't understand and switched to English and there was this whole sort of comedic moment of us not understanding each other and I assumed they were looking for some serious terrible criminal or something and made some mistake but it turned out I had just crossed the road in a place where I wasn't supposed to cross the road and not looked at the traffic lights correctly and then and I, I thought sorry, that thought was that standard was practice odd. in the Netherlands sorry yes <laughs> I thought that was standard practice here yeah and then immediately after that I walked back to my house and I got home and my next door neighbor was standing on her doorstep waiting to um tell me off that I had been putting the bin in the wrong place and that I hadn't sorted the rubbish properly in the street. And then I went inside and there was a note from another neighbour saying that I hadn't done a good job of cleaning the windows and perhaps would I like to try this firm to keep my windows clean and my house better in future. And okay. so I, <laughs> I quickly, that was probably an extreme series of events that doesn't happen every day, but I kind of quickly started to think, okay, maybe these people aren't quite as laid back and easygoing as I initially thought. And where were you living at the time? This was in Rotterdam. So when I moved to the Netherlands, I lived in The Hague for a little while and then in Rotterdam for about five years. And then I've just quite recently moved out to live in the countryside. Okay. And and you talk a little bit, um, I think you mentioned in the book as well, about sort of social conservatism and that, how that can be a big surprise in the beginning for, for internationals, for expats in the Netherlands. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, that's another interesting one. Um, as I said before, I think um, the cliche is that the Dutch are very laid back and easygoing and let everyone do whatever they want, and that's partly true. But it also strikes me as quite a conservative country in some ways. So, for example, people are very careful with their money and they don't like running up debts and even quite wealthy people, you won't tend to see them driving a very flashy car or having a big expensive watch on. Even very rich people live in fairly small, modest houses... Um, so it's quite financially conservative, you could say, in that way. And I also think people's outlook is sometimes a bit conservative in the with a small c sense of the word. So Dutch people tend to have quite close-knit social networks and they're quite close to their families. They go and see their grandma or their auntie every week. If it's someone's birthday, they have to drop everything and go around and sit in a circle drinking little, little cups of coffee for hours to celebrate some distant relative's birthday. Uh, and there's this Shake quite... everybody's hand in the in the circle exactly, as well. Exactly, exactly. I'm sure many people know it well. <laughs> the, the, there's quite a lot of focus on sort of keeping your, your house neat and tidy and the hedges trimmed and the windows washed. And so it, it's definitely, I mean, it's not a, a police state or anything like that, but there's definitely under this veneer of easygoing liberalism, there's quite a, a dense web of sort of social rules that I think in some ways can be quite conservative in terms of people are expected to live in a reasonably 
conformist way and keep their affairs in order and keep things neat and tidy and uh, support their family and uh, be kind to the neighbours and all that kind of thing. And and how did that make you feel then when you first came here and you were confronted with that? You started to live with all of that. Uh, you know, how did you? How, yeah, how did you kind of deal with all that? Well, I mean, the the downside is that it can be slightly confusing at first to fit in. I mean, I suppose you get that. I've lived in a few other countries, and you you get that in other places as well. Um, that this web of strange rules and conventions can be a bit tricky to navigate, particularly if it goes against the cliche in the way that it does here uh, but in other ways I think it's it's quite a nice thing and the fact that for example lots of Dutch people have quite a close social network and they often live in the same town or quite close to where they grew up and are still good friends with their friends from school and from university and quite close to their family that means that sort of once you're in you're in and it's quite easy to build quite a close network of friends or to be, feel part of someone's family and to be invited to things so in that way it's a very welcoming warm place as well a lot of expats though say they find it difficult to settle in the netherlands i mean if you look at surveys quite often the dutch uh, the netherlands scores very highly on facilities and everything works and the trains and you can get over you know from one side of the country to the other in in an hour and a half everything works really well but People sometimes struggle on the social side, making Dutch friends, or they find it difficult to really settle here. Uh, did you come across that at all? I didn't too much. Um, I think I, it probably helped that I moved here and sort of almost immediately had a, a Dutch partner and got married to a Dutch person and had all of the in-laws and the social life that comes along with that, um, which probably helps. Obviously, everyone's experience is different. I think in some ways, the Netherlands can be too easy to live here as a foreigner is perhaps part of the problem so you move to somewhere like Amsterdam or The Hague and you get a, a job with an international organization or with a big company uh, where you can work in English and speak English you can um, go to the expat clubs or the expat bars or the expat pub quiz night you can live in a city like Amsterdam or The Hague for years and years without ever having to speak a word of English and all the a word of Dutch, I think you mean. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, yes, a word of Dutch. <laughs> that probably would help. Um, and all the, the people in the shops and the supermarkets and the train stations will all speak English, immediately switch languages, maybe even speak English as the first option in a city like Amsterdam. And so that makes it very nice and very easy to move here. But it also means that there's not this kind of automatic forcing you to integrate in the way that perhaps I think if you moved to Paris say for example and you didn't speak a single word of French you would yeah. very quickly be forced to learn some to French and fit yeah. in with that culture whereas if you move to The Hague with a, a one-year contract to work for Unilever or something then you could just very easily do that and have a nice year as a extended holiday in The Hague without ever being under that kind of pressure to integrate. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that many internationals do. They kind of get here and they have a great start and everything is easy, like you say. And then, But if they're here for a longer term, you know, people who I've talked to have been here for kind of, you know, five years or more, they start to have this kind of uneasy feeling a little bit, especially if they haven't learned to speak the language, where the, it kind of all feels a bit superficial. Yeah, I think that's probably quite common. And it's um, probably inevitable in some ways, and you probably get the same thing if you live in any country in the world. But I think maybe it's, it's more common in the Netherlands than in some other places. I'm not sure there's any easy to, solution to it. I think 
it's it's my advice to anyone who feels stuck in that position if i could dare to give some would be i think to learn the language makes an enormous difference to get yeah to be anything like fluent is very difficult but even if you can just order a drink and have a few words with the person at the checkout in the supermarket and slightly follow what's happening in the conversations around you on the train that makes a huge difference to feeling like you fit in and the other thing I think, again, maybe it's obvious, but just try and sort of learn a bit about the country. And if you're living in one of the big cities, try and escape a little bit and have some days out or weekends away in other places in the country. Try and learn a bit about the the history and the culture and the way things work here and not sort of always stay in that little expat bubble of you move between the triangle of your house, your job and your, your favourite bar and never really escape from that. You're listening to Ben Coates, the author of Why the Dutch Are Different, a journey into the hidden heart of the Netherlands. In a minute, we'll hear about what Dutch people think of this scrutiny from an outsider. I mean, it's potentially quite a a sort of brave or foolish or maybe rude thing to do to move to someone else's country and then write a book. More from Ben in just a minute. And a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and please recommend to family and friends. It's available at all good podcast apps and also now on TuneIn and on Spotify. And did you know you can become a patron of the show too? Help here in Holland keep going and maybe expand into new things. For the price of a cup of coffee and a Stroopwafel per month, you can really help support the show. I'm calling this level Strope Varfel Patron Level. And there's even a big cheese level too. Intrigued? Check out the notes, the show notes in the podcast, and you can see the link there and find out how you can become a patron for as little as a euro a month, although huge amounts are also acceptable, of course. I'll give an audio shout-out in the next podcast to the first person to sign up, and we'll keep doing that for every tenth person. Let's see how quickly we can get to the first hundred. If you can support the podcast, this would be much appreciated. OK, back to the interview. Um, the title of your book is uh, Why the Dutch are Different, A Journey into the Hidden Heart of the Netherlands. So it, it begs the obvious question, uh, different to what uh, and, and, and why are they then different? Ha, well, it's a good question. I'll, I'll try not to give, give away the whole theme of the book in answering it. Um, oh, and give it away, give it away. I suppose I think it probably comes down to three key ways that the Dutch are different. The, the first and most obvious one would, I guess, be that they're different from the rest of the world, different from the the society and culture and attitudes, very different from places like Britain or America or even Germany or Belgium. Secondly, perhaps a bit more interestingly, I think is how the Dutch are different from the cliches and from how the rest of the world views them. So we we discussed that a little bit already, the, the cliches the rest of the world has about this tolerant hippie sort of woodstock writ large land of cycling and recycling and that's as we said not completely true and i think that that's very interesting to me the ways in which those stereotypes and cliches are true but also the ways in which the dutch are different from those cliches that the rest of the world has about them and thirdly finally i I think there's something interesting about how the the dutch are different from how they used to be so historically the Netherlands did, I think, live up more to that that cliche, that stereotype of being liberal and tolerant. And you had, for example, in politics, Dutch politics was for years very consensual and tolerant and based around respect and debate and 
centrist politicians doing deals in back rooms. And then just in the last 10 or 15 years or so, you've seen that upset quite radically by people like Pim Fortown, Akira Wilders, and the whole political debate has got much more intense. And that's caused some real challenges and problems around things like immigration and what the rules should be around regulating coffee shops and drug use and prostitution. Um, and so that that's another way I think the Dutch are different, is they're different from how they themselves used to be not so long ago. Is that something typically Dutch then, that they're always kind of, you know, a bit kind of, they're always doing unexpected things. You know, the original cliches, I guess, were a bit unexpected, super liberal. And then just as everybody expects the Dutch to continue being liberal, they kind of change tack again and do something else, which is a bit kind of left field. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, I think the way Dutch politics works is very much based on coalition forming and consensus and negotiation and debate between lots and lots of small parties rather than just a couple of big ones who sort of battle it out in a big bloody tug of war. And one effect of that is that when you're having these coalition negotiations, there is a lot of room to introduce unusual policy ideas or to trial new policies on a small scale in a way that perhaps there isn't in other countries. And one result of that is you don't very often get enormous big political shifts in the Netherlands. So you don't get these people like, I don't know, Margaret Thatcher or Ronald Reagan who come in promising to smash up the system and do everything differently um, because they have to negotiate and form a coalition and compromise on their views. But then the flip side of that is there's a lot of space there for if you have a, a, an idea to trial that the government should for example start growing its own cannabis to sell to people who need it for medical reasons then you can put that forward in the coalition negotiations and it will be perhaps accepted and trialed and if it works it will be expanded and if it doesn't work it will be forgotten and I think that's quite different from how it works in a country like Britain for example. Yeah it's it's a lot more pragmatic I guess that's also a cliche about the Dutch but pragmatic practical try things out and pre be prepared and open to try maybe different solutions out and if they don't work then you just walk away from it. Yeah absolutely and in many ways I think that's very admirable and one of the reasons why the Netherlands has been so successful for such a, a small country with relatively few natural resources to become so mm. fantastically rich and well-known, that's one of the big reasons for it. But, I mean, on the flip side, you could say there's a disadvantage to that, and that's, you know, one reason why perhaps the Netherlands has had challenges around things like immigration and asylum recently is because there's there's too much emphasis on backroom dealing and always trying to find a moderate middle way and no one who ever sort of dares to stand up and say something different. Um. What about the response to your book from Dutch people? What do Dutch people think about being analysed by this Brit who uh, who is now here and uh, travelling around and looking and then writing uh, these things about them? What sort of responses have you had from Dutch people? That's a good question. I was quite nervous when the book came out, I have to say, because I'm very aware that... Um... Well, you'd, you'd already been told off about not washing your windows and now you've gone and written a whole book, so yeah. Exactly, and it's, I mean, it's potentially quite a, a sort of brave or foolish or maybe even rude thing to do to move to someone else's country and then write a book that includes a lot of praise for the good things the country does but also can be quite critical about some of the things you don't like. I know that's um, kind of asking for trouble, so I was a bit nervous about it, but I have to say the reception has actually been extremely good. From Dutch people, I'd, I've had dozens probably hundreds of emails from Dutch people who've read the book and I think literally maybe three or four of them were negative and the other 95 98 percent were very positive um, 
Go on then, I have to ask you about the negative ones. <laughs> well, funny actually, I, I assumed that the negative emails would be about things like, I don't know, immigration or drug use or these prostitution or euthanasia or really controversial political issues that people would weigh in on. But actually the yeah. big one that people seem to keep coming back to me on um, is about the environment and the, okay. the sort of Dutch landscape. So, um, I mean, I'm someone who... I, I lived in the city, I work in the city, but I really like being out in the countryside and going cycling and mountain biking and running and that kind of thing. Um, and for me, that was one of the challenges of moving to the Netherlands was, I think, from an international perspective, it's basically one big suburb and there's certainly some beautiful patches of countryside and some nice big green areas of flat polder and so on. But it's very hard to find anywhere in the Netherlands where you're ever more than 500 metres from a, a power line or a train line or a, a Shell petrol station or a tarmac road. And even if you go to these places that Dutch people think of as great wildernesses like the, the Biesbosch or the Hochevela, it will be flat and filled with tarmac cycle lanes and footpaths through it all and all very neatly trimmed with a, a coffee shop in the car park and the rest of it um yeah and, and people didn't thank you for pointing people don't out. thank me for that i've had numerous emails from dutch people saying what the hell are you talking about you've clearly clearly <laughs> never been to this park in the center of the hague where they have 10 different sorts of trees and yeah. <laughs> let's just say that i think when dutch people talk about wilderness or wild places or mountain biking or hiking they mean those words in slightly different ways than say a, okay. a brit or a german or a french person would but the response was largely positive though you said that most people uh, took to the book and then they, they, they liked it yeah absolutely and i think um as with anything there's probably not many people who read it and agree with literally every single word in the whole book but even those who disagree with bits of it would think that there's a lot of truth in there and um I think for for Dutch people, it's interesting to see how their country looks through the eyes of an outsider and that someone who comes from a different background and a different perspective can sometimes point out things that are odd or unusual or don't quite make sense in a way that someone who's just grown up being used to them maybe can't. Um, is there something about the Dutch that you still don't get? Is there still something that you think, yeah, whether it's a social thing or where you think that that is something I will never really truly understand? That's a good question. I think one of the key ones for me is this sense of sort of personal privacy, I suppose you could say. So it comes back to the directness, I guess. And that still sometimes takes me aback, the fact that Dutch people are just so open and outspoken about everything um for example I, I went for a drink last week with a friend who um was well i won't go into details because i'm british but they were having some <laughs> medical issues and we we sat in this bar having a beer and they just talked extremely loudly and extremely openly about their medical problems and the doctor said this and the nurse said this and they were going next week for this test for that and i was sort of looking nervously around and wondering what the people on the next table might be thinking about all this and that type of thing still still catches me out I think sometimes this complete openness and willingness to just accept everything as it is and everyone can do what they want say what they want uh, and and what are your plans now do you have plans for any uh, new books yeah I'm actually um, just finishing writing up the second one which is a, a, a sort of semi-sequel to the first book so it's okay it's called The Rhine, Following Europe's Greatest River from Amsterdam to the Alps. 
And there's basically in the in the first book, there's quite a bit about the Dutch landscape and the way that the Dutch relationship with water and the fact that there's flooding and water everywhere affected everything from the number of windmills to the way the political system is designed. And so building on that theme, I, I set out from my house in the Netherlands to basically follow the waters and follow the river all the way through the Netherlands um, and continuing into Germany and France and Switzerland and all the way up into the Alps. And so there's a lot right. of stuff, a lot more stuff in there about the the Dutch and their history and culture and the way that the water is shaped up, but also similarly the Germans and the French and the Swiss and the Austrians and a bit of stuff in there about what the Dutch think of the Germans and what the French think of the Dutch and all those kind of international perspectives. Okay, that's uh, got potential for uh, for all kinds of uh, yeah controversial response. Yeah, it'll either make me a lot of friends or a lot of enemies. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> and when's that coming out? That Well, we're finishing the editing at the moment, so it'll be towards the end of the summer, I think probably September. Just let me ask you a couple of questions to finish off with. Um, if 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 expats are sort of struggling to come to terms with uh, with the Netherlands, you know, because it it is a bit of a kind of a a mind twister uh, when you first arrive. Um, you, what, what what would you say to them? I would say, if you haven't already, try and get out of the city or wherever it is you're living. Try and visit a few different places and see different sides of the Netherlands. So if you're living somewhere like Amsterdam or The Hague, for example go to somewhere like Rotterdam, which is a completely different, modern, industrial city, go out into the to the countryside and see the flat polders and the farmers and the cheese farms, uh, go to the coast, try and really explore the country a bit rather than just staying in a little expat bubble. Oh, and what's one of your favourite things to do in the Netherlands? Well, it's maybe a, an original choice, but I, I'm always very drawn to the coast. I think the, the Dutch coast is one of the country's best-kept secrets. Um, Certainly before I moved here, I had no idea that there was hundreds and hundreds of miles of these beautiful sandy beaches where you can walk and run and, if it's warm enough, swim or surf. Um, really world-class beaches, I think. So that's still one of my favourites is just whenever the sun comes out on those two days a year when it does is to head to the sea. OK, so so when you look back then, uh, when you got that email after meeting the, the Dutch woman who went on to become your, your wife, you were travelling in Belize and then... Yeah, through that uh, that moment you ended up here, you have no regrets and no plans to leave the Netherlands, I guess. No, certainly no regrets. I'm very glad I didn't lose that scrap of paper with the email address on it and no plans to leave. I've just bought a new house out in the Dutch countryside, which I'm now fixing up with my wife. Um, so I guess I'm stuck here now for a while at least. That's British author Ben Coates. He was stranded by a snowstorm in the Netherlands whilst passing through and never left. It was eight years ago, and since then he's been on a major journey of discovery in the country and has written the book Why the Dutch Are Different, A Journey into the Hidden Heart of the Netherlands. Thanks to Ben for joining me in the podcast. And if you've liked this podcast, which I guess you have if you're here, otherwise you probably wouldn't have listened to the end, then check out all of the other Here in Holland podcasts too. There's all kinds of good stuff. Lots of storytelling podcasts, some informative interview podcasts. You can listen via a podcast app on your smartphone or via the website hereinholland.com. There's a guide there to explain podcasting if you still need some help. It's on SoundCloud too 
and it's also now available via Spotify, so there's no excuse to miss a second. And please spread the word. Let your friends know. The more people who subscribe and follow the podcast, the better. And if you want to get in touch, then the site has contact details here in Holland.com or Facebook. Just search here in Holland and you'll find me there. And remember to be nice to your neighbours, otherwise they'll be asking questions about where you're putting the bins and just how clean your windows are. OK, maybe these people aren't quite as laid-back and easygoing as I initially thought. And don't forget the opportunity to sponsor the podcast and become a patron. You can check out the link in the show notes. For the price of a cup of coffee each month, you would be doing a huge favour to here in Holland and allow me to continue and make more episodes and maybe expand into new territories. So take a look at the link. It's a Patreon. Um, maybe you've heard of it. It's an independent platform used by independent producers like me who are trying to earn some money and not starve whilst producing podcast videos and other sorts of things like that. Okay, check it out in the show notes or on the website hereinholland.com. From me, Andy Clark, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.